Listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome to Save a Pooch on Pet Life Radio. I am your host, Beverly Isla. Thank you for joining us. I'm happy to say this is our very first show today, and I'm looking forward to spreading the word about how we can help rescue dogs in various areas. I do apologize if it sounds like I'm pinching my nose. I've had, I've had this stubborn cold since New Year's. But speaking of nose, our first guest to kick off our show today is an expert in training dogs to use their nose for unique purposes. And I have founder of Detection Dogs New England, Anthony Silva here, who trained in Bomb Dog School. I didn't even know that existed. And he's now training dogs to be detective and personal protection dogs, or what I call espionage working dogs. New term. And Anthony does not rule out training rescue dogs. I really, really commend that. But we'll be right back with Anthony. I'm sure he has great stories to tell right after these messages. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. Pet Life Radio, the number one pet radio network on the planet, joins forces with iHeartRadio to put the power of your pets in your pocket. Awesome. Download the iHeartRadio app and rock Pet Life Radio on your phone, on your tablet, on your Xbox, in your car. Pet talk, pet tunes, and fun pet times. Pet Life Radio and iHeartRadio. Positively possum. If you're interested in monkeys, here's your opportunity for an unforgettable hands-on experience. Join our awesome volunteer program at International Primate Rescue in South Africa for your daily dose of interaction with the sanctuary's wide variety of mischievous monkeys. This is your chance to monkey around and make a difference to our rescued primates. Like the International Primate Rescue Facebook page or book your visit today at iprescue.org. That's www.iprescue.org. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Save a Pooch on Pet Life Radio. With us today is Anthony Silva, founder of Detection Dogs New England, based in Massachusetts. He is an expert in training dogs, including rescue dogs, to become detective dogs. Thanks for joining us, Anthony. Thanks for having me, Beverly. So you have an interesting expertise in training dogs to uh, sniff out various items, and these range from bombs to bed bugs. How did you get started in espionage training? So basically, uh, I was working for a security company back in 2009, and uh, they actually uh, got a contract with the U.S. Navy to become to serve all the U.S. bases with uh, bomb sniffing dogs. I went through the process with them to go to school for it, end up getting it, and I went to Vaughn Lake Kennel in Denver, Indiana, for about eight weeks to do uh, bomb sniffing dogs. Wow! So this bomb dog school. Is it all about just um, like the dogs sniffing out bombs or is it other stuff like narcotics? When I went, we did single purpose dogs. It was strictly for explosives. Uh, that was what the contract had, had given them. It's basically all the same thing with the nose work. So drug dogs, bomb dogs. Oh, um, okay. So it's all the same thing. Mm-hmm. 
I have to say, I hope you have a sense of humor, because when I was first reading your uh, <laughs> your biography, and I, I briefly ran through Afghanistan, bomb dogs, and then the first thing that came to my mind was, oh my God, I hope these dogs came out in one piece. <laughs> yep, fortunately enough, we didn't lose any. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> what do you like most about this type of work? I mean, it's not common. No, it's it's a great thing to get into because if you like having fun with the dogs, if you get obviously love dogs, but at the end of the day, it's just a big game for them, and you know mm. it's, it's very not a lot of stress in it, so it's really nice. Okay, that's good. It's not stressful for them. No, it's not stressful for them, and you know you make it fun for them, so they enjoy doing it. Okay, so what kind of techniques do you do? Because I'm imagining myself trying to train a dog how to sniff out bed bugs. <laughs> if I had one treat in one hand, one bed bug in the other, it's like you get you find this, you get this. But I'm pretty yeah. sure that's not how you do it. No, that's not. It's kind of a complicated process the way they do it. But uh, it's kind of you kind of get the the right idea. Oh, um, I did. <laughs> yeah, kind of actually. Uh, you reward the the dogs with either a toy or food, so this way that you know gives them the motivation to go out and do it. How long would it take oh. you to? To train the dogs? Mm-hmm. Um, takes, from what I understand, 400 hours to train bed bug sniffing dogs, and that's to get them to like certify and whatnot. And then, you know, you're always continuously training the dogs to improve their sense of smell and everything like that. So uh, you're, you're finding items that are harder to find, but they can detect them. Mm. Can you give us like an example of how you do it? Sure. Basically, with the bed bug dogs now, we'll hide bed bugs inside of, you know, either a bed, a chair, a number of different things. You can put them in, you know, drawers and stuff like that, and they can smell all that. It's very porous, and, you know, they can get a good whiff of it from a good distance away. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> now, what's your experience in training rescue dogs to become working dogs? You did mention that um, you did get involved with some rescue dogs, right? Yep. So right now, both of our uh, bed bug sniffing dogs are rescue dogs. I have a six-year-old foxhound. He's our key dog right now. And we also have a five-year-old Jack Russell mix. She's also trained to sniff out bed bugs as well. And both of those come from a rescue. Did you adopt them? We purchased them through a kennel in Florida that specializes in bed bug training. And they get most of their dogs from a rescue. Oh, okay. Well, that's good for them. Good for them. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Did you find that they were, well, one is your key dog, so obviously he, he uh, got onto it pretty quickly, but do you find the rescue dogs get trained harder than regular dogs? or? Nope. Basically what you do is when, you, when you're looking for a dog to sniff out um, anything, you know, whether it's drugs, bombs, or bugs, they always have to pass kind of like a test to make sure that they have the drives to actually go on and complete the job. So once they pass those tests, any dog can do it really. Oh, okay. But is there a test to kind of evaluate what their sniffing <laughs> potential is? Uh, no, not, not necessarily. It's basically, you know, how well they'll go for food or a toy or something like that. So you want to work those drives first, and then you associate that stuff with the bugs, bombs, or drugs. Okay. Now, in your opinion, can rescue dogs play more of a role in this area? Absolutely. Uh, I think rescue dogs are a great thing. Uh, it gives dogs a second chance. Uh, life pretty much instead of just you know i know unfortunately sometimes rescues or whatnot they put dogs down and you know i think it's a really good opportunity for them to go out and live a good full life but there are enough organizations that do your type of work they're starting to become more prevalent because the bed bug issue is 
from what I've seen, has been getting worse year by year. I've been doing this for four years, and every year it just seems to get busier. Oh, yeah. Um, and with world travel, you know, it's, it's very high. It's very easy. So as long as there's travel, there's going to be bed bugs. Mm-hmm. What are um, some of the few uh, memorable incidents that you've come across? I'm interested to know about your foreign work. Like, what kind of stuff did you do abroad? Oh, I was in Kandahar and uh, Kabul, Afghanistan in 2010, 2011. And um, that was definitely an interesting trip, to say the least. Stepping there was basically like a trip back 400 years, 500 years. They have a whole different culture and everything. So it's it certainly different. But it was a great, I should say, because I had a great time with it. It was nice to work with a dog. You have quite a connection with these dogs. So you build a nice bond with them, and, you know, it's just like working with a partner doing something else. Right, right. Are these dogs from there, or did you bring them down? No, I I was a contractor, and all the dogs were from a company, and they they bring them in from all over the world. We had all sorts of different types of dogs, from Belgian Malinois, German Shepherds, Border Collies, Labs, all kinds of different animals. Okay, and who do they live with? They live in a big kennel, but when we're working with them, they have separate kennels that we get to hang out with them in. But even though they're in a kennel, you know, we spent a lot of time with them, hanging out, taking them for walks, playing with them. So they live they live a pretty uh, pretty good life. Okay, that's that's good to know, Anthony. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, no, they're, they're not just working. We, we play with them and everything. Now, in the different areas, because you mentioned the bombs, the narcotics, the bed bugs. What got you into the bed bugs? Like your company. Tell us a little bit about your company. So I worked for a pest control company for about three and a half years out of Brunswick, Maine. They contacted me when I was overseas and I decided to come home to help my wife out and everything. And I ended up working for them for quite a while. As of July of last year, I was offered to buy the dog and start my own business doing this. And so far, you know, we've been doing very well with it. We've got two dogs now and, you know, we're looking to put a third dog on shortly. And you're in the Massachusetts area? Yeah, I'm right outside of Boston. How in demand is it for, for your services and with bed bugs there? Every year it seems to be getting bigger and bigger, so that's good. We do stay very busy. We're out pretty much every day. We do a lot of stuff for hotels, housing authorities, you know, hotels, motels, the whole nine yards. Oh, okay, okay. And you did mention um, personal protection, that you train the dog for personal protection? Yep, we do some personal protection work down on Cape Cod with a good friend of mine who owns a big kennel down there, and uh, that's fun stuff. What's that entail? Uh, it's personal protection work. It's basically for dogs that are, um, you know, house protection, or you know, if you go out and going out for a run and you're not in a great neighborhood, it's good to have the nice satisfaction of knowing that if you've gone into trouble, you have another dog to protect you. Wait, so. I didn't even know that option existed. So people can kind of rent out protection dogs. How does that work? You can't rent them out. You gotta usually you buy them because you gotta build the bond with the dog and everything like that. So it's it's not really it's, you can't rent them per se. But <laughs> wrong choice you know. of words. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> it's an expensive luxury. Let's put it that way. Really? Yes. How very so? expensive. The training that goes into those dogs, you can't have liabilities with um, you know dogs that are just going out biting random people. It takes hours and hours and hours of training to make sure those dogs are good fit and, you know, in the right mindset and everything like that. So where would people who are interested in that kind of services find more about getting these? I work with a friend of mine who owns High Noon Canine down on Cape Cod. Uh, He does a lot of work with that. I go down and help him out every once in a while. 
and uh, he does a lot of great stuff. And he will sell these dogs to to pet owners. Yep. Huh. Interesting. Basically, the way they do it, you, you really will interview you. It's it's a lot more in depth than just going to buy a pet. Right. Um, there's a lot of different circumstances that they look for, and you know, make sure the housing is good for it, and you know, the owner is in good mindsets. Hmm. So it's kind of hitting two birds with one stone. So if I wanted a dog for that purpose, I wouldn't need to train them because they're already trained. Exactly. Wow. Good to know that exists. Yeah. <laughs> Well, let's continue with this uh, awesome topic right after these messages from our sponsors. It's DesignerPetSweaters.com, the latest fashion trends for our furry friends. Hand-knitted designer sweaters for your precious pup or cool cat. Beautiful couture patterns for your pets, including custom-knitted formal wear, casual wear, yachting, and even sports-themed. Many designer pet sweaters include feathered tammy hats, top hats, and a lot of sparkle. Each sweater includes leg loops, front paw sleeves, and leash opening. Visit designerpetsweaters.com to order your four-legged fashions today. Your pets will stay warm for the winter and be runway ready. Large or small, we fit them all. Designerpetsweaters.com Calling all pet product manufacturers and pet experts. Let the public relations and marketing professionals at Whitegate PR get you featured in the news. I'm Dana Humphrey at Whitegate PR, and we have been specializing in pet product PR for over 10 years and can get your brand featured in the media from TV to radio to print to blogs. You can find out more at www.whitegatepr.com. Hi, this is T.O.D. Anderson, and I'm the host of Get Positive Results on Pet Life Radio. We're going to talk about a variety of topics on canine behavior and training, all based on modern methods that are fun for you and your dog. We might be talking about other critters, too. So join us on Get Positive Results. We'll talk about common issues between you and your dog, answer your questions, discuss different activities you can do with your dog, and keep you posted on current canine news and products. All this on Get Positive Results on Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Pet Welcome back to Save a Pooch on Pet Life Radio. We're talking about a fascinating topic of espionage, working dogs with Anthony Silva. So as you've mentioned, you do train a lot of detective dogs here and abroad. I just kind of wanted to touch base in more detail on some of the memories that you've particularly been fond of in your career. Sure. So one of the other ones I've had is when I picked up one of my dogs at the airport, he had just come here to partner up with me. And going into the terminal, I could hear a dog barking out back. And he's got a really strong bay since he's a foxhound. And when I walked to the counter, they pretty much said, I hope you're here for this dog. And I thought I was in for a lot of trouble after that. But uh, he ended up turning out to be a very good house dog, too. He's really well-mannered, so I can't complain at all. This is the one that you adopt, or adopted? No, this is the one that we have for um, the bed bugs. He's my primary dog. Okay, okay. Are there circumstances where dogs just cannot work anymore? And I understand, like, you do rescue dogs and train them, but for a lot of the law enforcement agencies out there and their dogs can no longer work, then they put them up to be rescued. Where do you play in that, in that role? 
basically with any of these dogs, the major issues you're going to have is health or an injury. And especially with the rescue dogs where you can't necessarily see their past or their lineage, you may have problems with that without knowing it. So you always need to have kind of a backup plan. But with any of the dogs that I have, we'll always retire them to ourselves. We won't send them out to a new home or anything like that. Yeah. So you end up keeping them even after they've retired, so to speak. Yeah, absolutely. How do you uh, work with law enforcement forces? Uh, Right now, we don't. In the future, we plan on it. We haven't quite gotten that far yet. As for the past, when I've worked overseas, we would worked with a number of different uh, operations with Marines, the CBs, and uh, actually a Slovakian outfit, too. Oh, what's that? Slovakia is one of the nations, and um, they worked with us closely with a couple of the ECPs that we used to work at. And what do you guys do for them? We would always check the vehicles coming into the base, making sure that they weren't packed with explosives or anything like that. So that, you know, everybody's protected and the, the base is uh, protected. Okay, okay. Is your training, I just need, I just want to know, is your training similar to how the uh, police forces train their dogs to become detective dogs? Yes, for the most part, everything is the same because all of the dogs are trained the same way for the most part with detection work. So when you're training these dogs to sniff out bombs, drugs, or anything like that, it's basically everybody uses the same same idea. So generally speaking, yes. Okay. And what type of training is that, if there is a term to associate it with? It's just nose work, detection work, anything like that. It's, it's more or less, you know, training the dogs to sniff an odor and get rewarded for it and to continuously train with them. Okay. Okay. Are you associated with any groups right now with your work? Right now, we do stuff for, we do a lot of charity work for a Mass Vesta dog. They vest the police canines here in Massachusetts. That's pretty much the only one that we do stuff for right now, but we're always looking to do more. We also do a few events with a local shelter here in uh, Gloucester, Mass. With um, They do rescues. What does that entail? We do a lot of different things, events to raise money for them, or, you know, I'm trying, I'm working on getting in there to help them out with, you know, taking care of the dogs and sorting them out, you know, this, with their uh, behavioral issues and whatnot. Oh, good for you. Good for you. So you are in behavioral training as well. I guess you kind of have to if you... Yeah, I do do it here and there. Uh, I used to do a lot more of it, but, um, you know, this, the nose work stuff takes up a lot of time. And it's a lot of, it's very time consuming to train these kind of dogs. Ah, uh, I hear you. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about what you mentioned with the vest. Can you explain a little bit more about that? Sure. With with the uh, police budgets these days, they're very strapped for money. So what Mass Vessel Dog does is they raise money and they provide bulletproof, stab-proof vests for canines uh, and also give medical kits or bite suits or anything else that the departments may need. They raise all that money. And I believe they've also uh, raised money to give towns police dogs as well. To give towns police dogs? Yep. For towns that are in need of canines, they'll uh, raise the money to help give them the money to get the dogs. Oh, good for them. Mm-hmm. And what, what kind of um, initiatives are you working on to help with raising awareness around these vests? 
So we do uh, a lot of it's outreach to different areas to to raise money and build awareness towards the safety of these dogs. So we're always out doing events with them or just to bring the idea to the public to raise the money. That's a good cause. I don't know if all police forces do enforce vests for the dogs. I know here in Canada, I don't think we use it that much. Yeah, it's definitely becoming more of an issue nowadays. Um, and where a lot more towns and cities are starting to get police dogs, it's very important for them to protect them. It is a life that they're putting on the line. And oh, yeah. you, you want to make sure that dog is protected. Yeah, I see all the stories on the TV. It's, it's very sad to see them. It absolutely is. Um, what are your plans now that you've uh, detection dogs, New England, right? Yes. So why uh, is it called New England? New England covers all of uh, Mass, New Hampshire, Vermont, oh, okay. Maine. Yeah, so we're a big area. It covers five states, but it's not it's not very far apart, per se. Okay. Do you have plans to expand? We sure do. Right now, we are working on getting a third dog. That's probably going to be a little bit of time. We're just waiting to see how the spring goes and the rest of this winter. And then this summer, we're going to start working with drug detection dogs for in-home use or for businesses. Hopefully, by June or July, we'll, we'll get our first dog going with that. Oh, good, good. Wait a minute. In home? In home use? <laughs> yes. So we're going to uh, train some dogs to sniff out drugs with for us to go into people's homes instead of, you know, you, you don't always want to have the police involved with it. You want to find out if your son or daughter is doing drugs. Oh, uh, us. yeah. That kind of personal. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not like you're working with the police to do like uh, home searches. No, that's a separate entity. They do, you know, their own thing. They need to have, uh, I believe they need to have warrants and whatnot to go into search homes and stuff. So, you know, if a parent or a guardian or anything like that is, is worried that they're, uh, somebody in their home is doing drugs, we can go in, sniff them out, and find out if there's actually anything there or not. Ooh, that's good for the parents to know. Hint. It sure is. <laughs> <laughs> is there anything else that you would like to add in that could help possibly raise awareness around rescue dogs and some of the opportunities that are out there so they can be given a second chance? Yeah, absolutely. I would always suggest to somebody to go check a, uh, a shelter before purchasing any kind of other dog. If you ever go to a shelter, there's always tons and tons of dogs there, and they, there's always new ones coming in. Those lives matter just as much as all the other ones, and I think it's very important that we give them a second chance. Now, you coming from a behavioral standpoint, how can people kind of adopt the right dog for them? I know a lot of people just go for the cutest one, and I understand that that's not always the best case. What uh, can you offer? With some things, a lot of the dogs, they get checked when they come into the shelter around here with, with any of the needs that they have. You know, if, if they're a little skittish or they're aggressive or anything like that, usually you can tell by hanging out with the dog for a little bit. Or I would believe the uh, shelters would probably know a lot better of the dog's behavior. So it's always good to check with them and to find out what your needs are going to be down the road. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And what are some of the key points that people should know? Like, how would you know if a dog is ready to be a detective dog, for instance? Like, what are the first few minutes of being with a dog? How, how would you be able to tell? Well, an easy way to figure it out is I guess you could go to the pound with a tennis ball and bounce it down the hallway and figure out which dogs are going to go crazy for it. Um, <laughs> that's an easy way to figure it out or a dog with a very high food drive. Uh, well, that would be almost all of them. Yeah, pretty much. Some of them are a lot more, it's easy to see the ones that will really go nuts for it. So those are the ones that you really want because you know they want the food and they're going to do something to get the food. So that's, that's how we work with them. 
Right. Okay. And how do you address aggression? I know you may not be a particular trainer for aggression, but how would you address aggression? It depends on the aggression itself, if it's, you know, the environment that they're in or if it's other dogs. It takes a lot of time to, you know, socializing the dogs and to desensitize them to different things, to, you know, whatever that they're afraid of or what they're nervous about. Okay. Okay. Well, I wish you all the best in your endeavors. Is there any links that you would like to get promoted out there? Sure. You can follow us on Twitter. Our Twitter handle is DetectionDogsNE. And we also have a Facebook page. It's right under Detection Dogs New England. And we always post updates on what we're doing there. Okay. Thank you so much for joining today. And I'd like to thank Mark Winter, our producer, for making this show happen. You can also check out my website, saveapooch.com. I'd love for you to join the community. So until next time, have a wonderful day. And remember, spread compassion for our animals. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand only on PetLifeRadio.com.